Hello. This is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Pereira v. Sessions. Certiori to the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit. Argued April 23, 2018. Decided June 21, 2018. Under the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996, IIRIRA, non-permanent residents who are subject to removal proceedings may be eligible for cancellation of removal if, among other things, they have been physically present in the United States for a continued period of not less than 10 years immediately preceding the date of an application for cancellation. 8 U.S.C. 1229b1a. Under the stop time rule, however, the period continuous presence is deemed to end when the alien is served a notice to appear under Section 1229a. Section 1229a, in turn, provides that the government shall serve non-citizens in removal proceedings with a written notice to appear, specifying, among other things, the time and place which the removal proceedings will be held. Per a 1997 regulation stating that the notice to appear served on a non-citizen need only provide that the time, place, and date of the initial removal hearing were practical, the Department of Homeland Security, at least in recent years, almost always serves non-citizens with notices that fail to specify the time, place, or date of initial removal hearings whenever the agency deems it impractical to include such information. The Board of Immigration Appeals, BIA, has held that such notices trigger the stop time rule, even if they do not specify the time and date of removal proceedings. Petitioner Wesley Fonseca Pereira is a native and citizen of Brazil who came to the United States in 2000 and remained after his visa expired. Following a 2006 arrest for operating a vehicle while under the influence of alcohol, DHS served Pereira with a document titled Notice to Appear that did not specify the date and time of his initial removal hearing, instead ordering him to appear at a time and date to be set in the future. More than a year later, in 2007, the Immigration Court mailed Pereira a more specific notice setting the date and time for his initial hearing, but the notice was sent to the wrong address and was returned as undeliverable. As a result, Pereira failed to appear, and the immigration court ordered him removed in absentia. In 2013, Pereira was arrested for a minor motor vehicle violation and detained by DHS. The immigration court reopened the removal proceedings after Pereira demonstrated that he never received the 2007 notice. Pereira then applied for cancellation of removal, arguing that he had been continuously present in the United States for more than 10 years, and that the stop time rule was not triggered by DHS's initial 2006 notice, because the document lacked information about the time and date of his removal hearing. The immigration court disagreed and ordered Pereira removed. The BIA agreed with the Immigration Court that the 2006 notice triggered the stop time rule, 
even though it failed to specify a time and date of Pereira's intent in initial removal hearing. Apologies. The Court of Appeals for the First Circuit denied Pereira's petition for review because of the BIA's order. Applying the framework set forth in Chevron, it held that the stop-time rule is ambiguous and that the BIA's interpretation of the rule was a permissible reading of the statute. The Supreme Court held a punitive notice to appear that fails to designate the specific time or place of the non-citizen's removal proceedings is not a notice to appear under 1229A, and so does not trigger the stop-time rule. The court need not resort to Chevron for deference, for the unambiguous statutory text alone is enough to resolve this case. Under the stop-time rule, any period of continuous physical presence is deemed to end when the alien has served a notice to appear under Section 1229A. By expressly referencing 1229A, the statute specifies where to look to find what notice of appear means. Section 1229A, in turn, clarifies that the type of notice referred to as a notice to appear throughout the statutory section is a written notice, specifying, as relevant here, the time and place which the removal proceedings will be held, 1229A1GI. Thus, to trigger the stop-time rule, the government must serve a notice to appear that, at the very least, specifies the time and place of the removal hearing. The government and dissent point out that the stop-time rule refers broadly to a notice to appear under 1229A, which includes paragraph 1 as well as paragraphs 2 and 3, but does not matter because only paragraph 1 bears on the meaning of notice to appear. If anything, paragraph 2, which allows for a change or postponement of the proceedings to a new time and place, 1229A2AI, bolsters the court's interpretation of the statute because the provision presumes that the government has already served a notice to appear that specified a time and place as required by 1229A1GI. Another neighboring provision, 1229B1, lends further support for the view that a notice to appear must specify the time and place of removal proceedings to trigger the stop-time rule. Section 1229B1 gives a non-citizen the opportunity to secure counsel before the first removal hearing date by mandating that such hearing date shall not be scheduled earlier than 10 days after the service of notice to appear. For that provision to have any meaning, the notice to appear must specify the time and place that the non-citizen and his counsel must appear at the removal proceedings. Finally, common sense reinforces the conclusion that a notice that does not specify when and where to appear for a removal proceeding is not a notice to appear that triggers the stop-time rule. After all, an essential function of a notice to appear is to provide non-citizens notice of the information, i.e. time and place, that would enable them to appear at the removal hearing in the first place. Without conveying such information, the government cannot reasonably expect non-citizens to appear for their removal proceedings. The government and the dissent advise a litany of counter-arguments, all of which are unpersuasive. 
To begin, the government mistakenly argues that 1229A is not definitional. That is wrong. Section 1229A speaks in a definitional term, require, or in definitional terms, requiring that a notice to appear specify, among other things, the time and place at which the proceedings will be held. As such, the dissent is misguided in arguing that a defective notice to appear, which fails to specify time and place information, is still a notice to appear for purposes of the stop time rule. Equally unavailing is the government and dissent's attempt to generate ambiguity in the statute based on the word under. In the light of the plain language and statutory context, the word under as used in the stop time rule clearly means in accordance with or according to because it connects the stop time trigger in 1229b d1 to a notice to appear that specifies the enumerated time and place information the government fares no better in arguing that surrounding statutory provisions reinforce its preferred reading of the stop time rule as none of those provisions supports its atextual interpretation. Unable to root its reading in the statutory text, the government and dissent raise a number of practical concerns, but those concerns are meritless and do not justify departing from the statute's clear text. In a final attempt to salvage its, salvage its atextual interpretation, the government turns to the alleged statutory purpose and legislative history of the stop time rule. Even for those who consider statutory purpose and legislative history, however, neither supports the government's position. Requiring the government to furnish time and place information in a notice to appear is entirely consistent with Congress's stated objective of preventing non-citizens from exploiting administrative delays to accumulate lengthier periods of continuous precedent. The decision is reversed and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the court, in which Chief Justice Roberts and Ken Justices Kennedy, Thomas, Ginsburg, Breyer, Kagan, and Gorsuch joined. Justice Kennedy filed a concurring opinion. Justice Alito filed a dissenting opinion. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to join a discussion on this or any of the other Supreme Court decisions, please find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thank you.